right, welcome to Gorilla Discipleship. Great to be with you again. I'm Kevin Baker. I'm Tim Parker. Great to be here. Thank you so much for plugging in. We are uh, doing everything we know how to equip, inspire, and uh, empower you to be disciple makers because disciples make disciples. That's what we do. By nature, that's who we are. Uh, a disciple is someone who hears, obeys, and shares Jesus. And so we've got to listen to his word. We've got to obey what we uh, understand. And uh, and then we've got to share what God has given us. And that's that's kind of what we're doing. But we're also trying to help equip you so that you can do the same thing. There are people that you're going to reach that Tim and I will never see. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, they're not going to come to church but God wants them to become the church. Uh, he may not be. He may not care that they come to our church, but he does care that they become the church, a part of his body, a part of his beloved. And uh, so that's what we're talking about. We've been talking about evangelism, relational evangelism. Can I just remind you, evangelism is not a bad word. Uh, it really just means... It's not a four-letter word, It's right? not a four-letter word. <laughs> it is just sharing in a relational, organic way with people that we interact with. Uh, opening spiritual conversations, as we keep saying, being spiritually obvious but not obnoxious, uh, and looking and finding that people are spiritually hungry everywhere. Mm -hmm. No research, all the research talking about people leaving the church, no research that spiritual hunger is going down. Spiritual hunger is there. We are all spiritually hungry. We're just looking for new models to find ways that we can feel comfortable and safe to explore and understand more what God has to say and who God really is. So we're in the conversation about relational evangelism, I want to talk about boldness. One of the things that we all struggle with, it, it, maybe except Tim, is being, I struggle with it too, is being, surprisingly enough. Is being bold. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times we pray for opportunities, but the disciples and the apostles rarely prayed for opportunities. They had opportunities everywhere when they were in jail, when they were before the courts, when the Pharisees were confronting. Opportunities, and you have opportunities, and I have opportunities all day long with my family, with my coworkers, with my, you know, people I meet at, at the grocery store or wherever. It, the opportunity is not the problem. The boldness. Give us boldness. You look at the at book of Acts and you'll see that the The disciples, the apostles were constantly saying, may we be bold to speak Mm -hmm. what God has done and has revealed to us. So I think Jesus was a a perfect combination of boldness and gentleness. What do you think about that, Tim? You got any thoughts uh, along those lines? Tell me about your boldness. You're not bold. (laughs) I think you're bold. I think boldness is like a relative thing. I think there's sometimes where I don't feel like I'm bold enough or could be bold or okay. maybe I felt like God called me to do something and I kind of hold back on it. And so maybe I think it's our, like and someone's external perception of me like, man, Tim, you're really bold. And I'm yeah. like, actually, I think there's places where I could be bolder. Yeah. I think it's, you know, the kind of like on your own scale. Do you have a day, some days you feel more bold than others? Oh, definitely. Yeah. And the days I pray more, the days I feel bolder. I mean, yeah, I think, I think that's true. Hand in hand. And I think the more, you know, sometimes we're just in a season where I, we're, we're caught up in our own stuff. Yeah. So, you know, give yourself grace. Yeah. That's why bold, but gentle. Um, you know, what's interesting to me, just, just to start the conversation, Jesus was bold, even confrontational with a lot of religious people. Mm-hmm. And he was so gentle with sinners. Yeah. Isn't that interesting that, that he... He, you don't see boldness with the, you know, the woman caught in adultery. Yeah. Who, uh, he who has not sinned, drop the stone, and then yeah. the Pharisees, you brood of vipers. Like right. this, this whole entire yeah. economy. 
And I think that all of that was aimed at the same thing. It was to get beyond the closed off heart so mm-hmm. that, you know, with, with religious people, sometimes, uh, you know, we can have our theology so well formed that we're not even open to conversation. Uh, I think they, the, the Pharisees had filters that kept them from seeing what Jesus was inviting them to see. Mm-hmm. And his boldness with them was not rudeness. It was meant to, I think, break through to the place where they could finally understand that God loved them and, and that, you know, he, there was a message that they needed to hear. But with those who are hurting, he was so, so gentle. Uh, how do you know? So how do you know when the conversation, because some very one conversation with one person could require both boldness and gentleness. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of times with with folks that I'm dealing with who come to to me maybe in a place of difficulty, like they they they're having trouble in their marriage, or they they're just coming because they have made such a, a wrong mistake, or I'm I'm hurting about this, or I'm struggling with this. In that moment, you you need to meet them. I think with gentleness, of course, compassion, uh, no condemnation. But sometimes in the middle of that, you can see that hey, you've got a pattern here. <laughs> That needs to be dealt with, and so there's a need for boldness to say yeah. to say to them, you know, have you have you looked at the fact that you keep going down the same pattern and path, and and I just want to be in a sense bold with you. But let's talk a little bit about this in terms of um, people that we don't know, people that we're just trying to introduce uh, ourselves yeah. to or the gospel to. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so all I keep thinking <coughs> of is. Uh, I think we're afraid of being bold because we're afraid of what we're going to lose or their perception or we're ruining a friendship. Yeah. And what was said to me maybe a couple of years ago now was uh, about cashing in your relational equity. Mm. And so if you've traveled with people, I think our last episode, we talked about the relationship with I have this man from the gym. Yeah. Uh, for six months, he and I have a lot of relational equity yes. because we know each other. We know each other's families. We've bought each other food now we have wow. we have a little bit of we don't have a lot we don't know everything no, about right. each other but we have we have some we have some equity and so yeah. i can i can kind of cash that in and be a little bit more bold when yep. he says something because one off the cuff remark or one offensive thing here isn't going to completely turn him away that's a good word whereas when you're bold to someone on the side of the street who you've never known through a bullhorn yeah. you have no relational equity you've already covered their ears right i would say that bullhorn is not relational right and so there there is no equity in, yeah. in that at all and but but i love what you're saying about the guy at the gym that yeah. you, you guys have shared we, some, and so some time i together. think one sentence or one remark or one spiritual obviousness with someone who you are in a longer term relationship with or known for a while or at least know a little bit more about each other isn't going to completely ruin that relationship and if it and if it does then maybe it was meant to be to a certain extent yeah and if it does maybe that's a chance for you to show grace and forgiveness and talk to them about it which can then be even a better explanation of being spiritually obvious. But let's maybe yeah. we need to define boldness yeah. because I, I, I think I use the word confrontation. I don't know that boldness, I, I'm not saying that boldness uh, means that we're being confrontational. I think boldness means that we know that we're sticking our neck out a bit. We're, we're, if we say it, we're risking something. Uh, and the risk could only be oh, they don't like me or they are going to reject me. So boldness is... I think that's most of the risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is not necessarily confronting someone. It's being... It's confronting your fears, more or less. Yes, you're that's exactly them, right. confronting yourself. The, the big thing is in my head, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, fighting with that 
beast in my own head that's telling me, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. Who are you? You know, you're not worthy. I think the enemy has... That's not politically correct. That's not politically <laughs> correct. Um, those are the things that I think we're fighting with in terms of boldness. It's getting out of our comfort zone, mm -hmm. not being confrontational to someone, not being offensive to someone, but being bold enough to speak into the situation. Really asking someone to pray is boldness. Mm -hmm. And we're all afraid of that, right? What if they say no? What if that's offensive? What if they, you know, whatever. Uh, and, and it can be not only what if they respond poorly, but what if I don't know how to do it well? So mm -hmm. boldness is just being willing to be out a little bit, uh, you know, out of your comfort zone. I, I was going to say sort of out of the boat. It, boldness mm -hmm. is that, you know, that ideal picture of Peter saying to Jesus, I want to walk on water with you. Boy, what a bold statement. Um, and yet... If he hadn't, if he hadn't been bold enough to say, invite me to come out, where would we be? We'd never have that story right. and, and the inspiration. And he would have never had the experience of, of being able to walk on the water. It didn't last long. But he, Being bold he, doesn't mean that you won't fail or you won't be offensive, uh, but it exactly does mean right. that you're doing what God's called you to do. And, and I think sometimes the, the, the situation is that, you know, maybe someone's talking to us, a co-worker's talking to us, and they're... Maybe they're talking about a, a difficult situation and everything in us is saying, I should talk about prayer or I should ask them to pray. Or I, and we, our boldness, our, our fear is keeping us from boldness. Yeah. And so I think that, that it is a good practice to, to say, God, give me boldness. Um, but to remember uh, to be gentle. Let me, let me just say one of the things that, that I, I don't know if this will help or not, but one of the things that, that, not many of us, I think, consider, is what is it like to sit across from us? You know, we think we're doing okay, but other people might go, oh, it's kind of hard to be around Kevin. You know, he can be so <laughs> offensive. Or So um, I, I think that in my marriage, for instance, one of the things that Michelle and I have had to wrestle with is the difference between assertiveness and aggressiveness. There's a big difference. Assertiveness is, is owning my own feelings and wants and needs, um, aggressiveness is different than that, right? I can be assertive without ever being aggressive. Uh, and I think sometimes we don't know those boundary lines. So we're, we're afraid to be bold because we're afraid. I think we don't have a good clarity around when am I bold and when am I obnoxious? What's the line between boldness and obnoxiousness? Do you have any insight on that? Would you give any clarity that comes to your mind, Tim, about how do... Define boldness as opposed to maybe... I can define obnoxiousness a lot better. Okay, well, define so obnoxiousness. A one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone with coffee, if you're talking twice as much as they're talking, mm. you're more not always, but more likely to be obnoxious. Yeah. Just because you're talking more and hogging the conversation and potentially talking more about yourself. You know what? We should do a Jeff Foxworthy thing. You <laughs> might be obnoxious if... I think he's got That'd the... That'd be fun, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. might be a redneck if... Uh, but you might be obnoxious if uh, we'll do that. We'll on the, figure that on the, out. Those one-on-one -on -one conversations, I think it's important to actually ask more questions yeah. and get to know the person and do an awful lot more listening. You know, based on what you were just saying, I wonder if the way to think about the difference between obnoxious and boldness is obnoxious is is really taking a toll on the person you're with, the other person. Boldness is my own fear about me. It's hurting. It's I'm afraid for me. I'm not afraid no necessarily for them. I'm afraid for me. 
The, the problem with that is boldness keeps me in and often keeps me from sharing good things with someone else. Obnoxiousness actually is offensive to someone else, and, and I need to see some things about myself yeah. that I can't see clearly. Most people that are yeah, obnoxious that's a good way of, uh, don't realize yeah. they are. Yeah, so if you think about this, if you're worried about offending them, you're, not, you're probably the least obnoxious person in the world. If what's going on in your head is a fear about, oh my gosh, I might get rejected, that's a call for boldness. Yeah. That's not a call for obnoxiousness, and you're probably not going to be obnoxious. In fact, you're probably going to be meekly bold. Uh, you're right. You're going to be like, hey, would you like to pray? <laughs> would you like to talk about that? Uh, that's, that's the way boldness. So obnoxiousness is different. It's, it's offensive to the person with you. Boldness is, is not offensive. It's, we're afraid it will be. Uh, we're, but we're more afraid of what that's going to do to us. Yeah. Like they're going to reject us, hurt us, be upset with us, uh, which means yeah. that you're probably if, not going to be. If obnoxious. you're never concerned with offending someone, you probably are obnoxious. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, we always talk about that EGR, extra grace required people. If, if you don't know who the extra grace required person is in your group, your family, then you're probably that person. Like the rest of your family's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, there he goes again. Uh, but if you're like, oh, no, no, you know, Janice takes a little grace. She she can just talk a lot or whatever. Okay, you know who the EGR person is, and you're giving them grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with, with boldness, what we're asking ourselves is, God, is this a situation? Maybe this is a way to think about it. Is this a situation where you want me to speak? Another way to think about it might be, is this a situation where if Jesus was here, he would speak? Would Jesus address this situation? And if he would, then he's probably asking us to. Yeah. Um, but again, you can be gentle and bold all at the same time. Have you had any recent boldness? I, th- I think actually you talked last week yeah. about going up to this friend, this person, no, person that you didn't even know in the gym, and just telling them, hey, you might want to put your safety locks over differently yeah. or something. That's bold. I'm, I'm just, yeah, but that's out of care. But it is bold. I could just can put my headphones in and focus on myself. But, it, but it's bold in our culture where we live in these old bubbles and we don't, you know, violate someone's bubble like that, or what we feel like is violating their bubble. But the, it is it is coming out of care. But I just want to define that as a bold statement. It's a even asking someone. You you're you know maybe going out of the grocery store and you see a, an older person, or maybe someone with a with a crutch or a cane, and they've got a heavy thing of water. It's bold to say, "May I help you with that." Mm-hmm. It, it, it's going to feel like, oh, I don't, you know, we don't do this in our culture or I'm not used to this. That's all right. Be bold. Be bold for Christ. Be bold I think, in yeah, that regard. Part of being bold, I had a conversation with someone last night, is uh, looking back and looking where you maybe missed the mark. Yeah, that's And a right. conversation with a guy who's like, hey, I, I was at the beach and someone lost something and they walked away. And afterwards I realized, man, that would have been a perfect opportunity that we could pray to go find it and go yeah. look for it. Because he's an awesome testimony of praying for something he lost and found it. And he's like, he's like, Tim, I really missed it. And I was like, that's okay. Now you're aware of those opportunities, right. that time to be bold. And so, and and I think that goes to to the idea that hey, we have to learn how to be bold. Um, we have to learn how to be relational evangelists. We don't. We have to learn all of this, and that does that means we're going to make mistakes. Do you know one of the best ways to be bold is to say I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, is to say, oh man, did I offend you? I sure didn't mean to. 
That's bold because in our culture, people don't do that. Think yeah. about our politics. Wouldn't it be nice if some of the politicians <laughs> would actually stand up and say, you know what, I lied or I did this wrong or whatever, and I'm really sorry. Please forgive me. I did have that relationship with that woman. <laughs> I, did, I did have that relationship with that one. It, man, we could get lost in that. But the reality is that, um, I mean, that's bold. It's, it's a bold thing to take responsibility for your own actions and it's a, a bold thing to say, hey, did I just offend you? I'm really sorry. Um, and you can ask permission. Another bold way to do it is, is to ask permission. Hey, could we talk about, or would you like to talk about, um, you know, you mentioned that your daughter is estranged from you. Hey, would you like to talk about that? That's bold, but you can sense the gentleness. You're giving them permission yeah. to say yes or no, but you've not just let it sit there. You've not just ignored it. It, that's what we do a lot of with times. Some, like, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. Phrasing a question, that's so much better. Yes, exactly. Because then it balls in their court, and if they're not comfortable, they can kind of control it and right. can feel off it. Instead of being, hey, hey, you said something about your daughter being a strange. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Or I want you to tell me more. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or you need to reconcile because that's what the Bible like, <laughs> That's like there's varying degrees. I think of, you've gone into obnoxious. Stuff. Right, yeah. You've now, because yeah. now what, what are you doing? You're, and this is a, a phrase that my mentor taught me. Advice not asked for is always criticism. That's the way it's going to feel. If you start giving people advice, maybe they say something to you about a situation, and you're like, oh, let me tell you exactly what you ought to do. It's going to feel like criticism to them. They didn't ask you for your counsel. They didn't ask you for your advice. And so it's going to be received as, stop telling me what to do. Yeah. That's, that's obnoxious. That's not boldness. But boldness might be to say, would you like to talk more about that? Um, would you like to pray about that? That's bold, and yet it has the boldness of Jesus. You know, Jesus often asked questions, and Jesus often waited for people to come to him and ask questions. Uh, he was very invitational in that regard, and so boldness is often invitational. Mm -hmm. But we're afraid to be invitational because we are so hung up on getting rejected. If there's one thing that the enemy seems to be doing to us all the time is saying, well, oh, you don't want people to reject you, you don't want people to reject you. Uh, the reality is most of the time, well, first of all, we need to live re with rejection. Jesus lived with it. That's the exact opposite of what Jesus said. <laughs> you will be rejected. Yeah, exactly. You will be persecuted. So. Yeah. And it yeah. doesn't kill you to be rejected. I know when we were, you know, 16 and some girl rejected us uh, or boy rejected you or whatever, it feels devastating. But the reality is um, we're safe in our father's arms and we're okay even if not everybody likes us, it's okay. I've, I've said this before, too, that uh, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the God of the light or Jesus in you. Exactly. And so don't take it. It's easy to take it personal, but don't take it personal. Right. And, unless you ought to take it personal. <laughs> I mean, in the, in the sense that if you've been obnoxious and they're like, hey, you know, learn from that. Oh, yeah. that was obnoxious. That was uh, that crossed the line. That was not that I went from bold to bad. There's not something wrong with them. There's something wrong with me. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, you know what you get to do? And God can use even this. You get to figure that out and then go back to them and say something like this. Hey, could I just say that the other day when we were talking, I think I was obnoxious. And I'm really sorry for that. I hope you'll forgive me. And I'm, I'm really working on trying to be better at that. You don't know how many doors that might open because they've never seen that kind of humility model. That's, that's a humble we spirit. True story, this happened on Sunday. Someone came up to me and told me that exact story. Really? Someone had offended them, said something very inappropriate. Wow. He lashed out at him, gave him a tongue lashing. He said, 
grateful that I'm not the younger self. I would have done something bad, but I'm a Christian man, so I only swore at him, um, more or less. And then he said, I made a big mistake, different language. But no, I did the next day is that I went and I apologized. And then he and I had a discussion and reconciliation. No one had ever. He's an obnoxious guy, but I was more obnoxious. And he and I had a conversation and my friend saw that and heard that I had reached out for his Mm. number. And we're like, wow, this guy really is different. Jesus really is doing something in his life. And so he was actually a better, I said that what better witness to do that. Sometimes our failures, I mean, you know, here's the thing. We think we have to get it right. God's like, I'm just asking you to be available for me. Your failures, I can use your failures sometimes as good or better Mm -hmm. than your, because the failures point to the goodness of God, not to the strength of us. We're not trying to have people think we're impressive. We're asking them to see that God is using even weak people like us. And so boldness covers all of our failures. Uh, Grace really covers all of our failures. So uh, be gentle with people. Most people aren't gentle with themselves. Can I just remind you, we are often not gentle with ourselves at Mm -hmm. all. And so what Jesus does and teaches us to do is to learn how to be gentle with ourselves, but because he's gentle with us. So be gentle with people who are talking with you. Be gentle with them as you're uh, inviting them into spiritual conversations. They're as as frightened, perhaps, as you are of uh, because they may begin to feel, most of us feel guilty about something Mm -hmm. almost every day. You know, you're walking around with a little guilt in your conscience about something, like because you didn't say what you should have, or you looked at something you shouldn't have, or you said a word you should have, whatever. And the reality is that we need to teach gentleness Um, and forgiveness. And we need to model that. And we can do that in our boldness. It's a a bold way to show the world the goodness of God. Anything else, Tim, that you think? No, I think that's that's good. I think just don't be afraid to, I think I said this at the very beginning, cash in that relational equity. You built it up. You don't empty it all out in one conversation, but you you have, there's there's already layers of trust there. That's right. Usually one hey, can I talk to you about, and then a no isn't going to completely ruin that relationship. Right. And, and you know, again, in t- taking off on that too, the reality is um, mistakes can be redeemed mm-hmm. uh, and they might end up being the best things that would happen. And <sighs> boldness and, and, and uh, obnoxiousness uh, maybe are going to be skills that you have to learn. Uh, ask some people around you. Ask people that you trust, hey, do I come off as obnoxious? Give them permission to tell you. Uh, There's nothing wrong with that. You know, was I obnoxious in the way that I dealt with that? Or, you know, in general, when you see me at work, do you feel like I'm pushing too hard? Am I appropriate? Am I inappropriate? Let people speak into your life because ultimately we all want to grow and, uh, Mm -hmm. and be more effective for him. All right, relational evangelism is what we're talking about. We've got one more week that we're going to be focusing on this, and then um, we'll move on to another topic. But again, if you want to uh, comment on this video, share this video, email us, kbaker at oakdale.church. And T. Parker at oakdale.church. And uh, let us know how we can serve you better. Our whole goal is to uh, equip you uh, to see the kingdom of God grow in and through your own life. So thanks for watching Guerrilla Discipleship, and we will see you next week.